Hello, and welcome to Canada Reads American Style. I'm Shauna. And I'm Rebecca. It's 2020. Canada Reads is starting, and it's happening in March. The actual competition will be starting March 8th, and will run all the way until that Thursday. So every hour uh, from noon Eastern, correct? I think so. Yeah, noon Eastern. They will be streaming live the competition. So we can't wait for you to join us. And we are here to talk about all things Canada Reads. Yay, except you know what? What? The first thing you said was Canada Reads 2020, and it's Canada Reads 2021. Oh, no way. Really? That sucks. (laughs) You did say that, but that's okay. Yeah, we are really happy that it's... uh, and it's funny too, since we only had, since last year's pandemic messed everything up, we really only had to wait about, about six, seven months or something like that. We didn't have to wait a whole year for it. Well, it gave us a lot of time to read the books. Like I was fully prepared to, to, <laughs> I think we were going to go to the competition last year and I was missing one book and I was like, oh, on the train ride over, I'm going to do nothing but read and be like, Rebecca, you can't talk to me. I got to finish. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would have talked to you anyway. But yeah, we were planning to go last year. We had tickets for opening day. We were so, so, so excited. And then, of course, everything crashed and burned, unfortunately, worldwide. So, but yeah, this year we have five books that, should should we run through the titles of them? Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, we have Two Trees Make a Forest. We have Johnny Appleseed, Hench. Midnight Bargain, and Butter, Honey, Pig Bread. Those are the five titles, which I'm sure everyone who's listening to this knows, because I'm sure many of them have either run out and purchased them, although I've heard some are hard to get copies of, uh, they've run out, uh, or they've put holds at their libraries and uh, on their library copies, which I've also heard that is pretty brutal too. People, somebody said the other day they were number 100 on a waiting list for one of the books. Wow. Yikes. I know. Well, then I said, oh, I got them right away. And then I said from my library and then I said, but I'm in Michigan. And they were like, oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) we're lucky. We were able to get them all. In fact, this is the first year we've been able to get all five of them, either in ebook or in print. Usually each year we end up having to buy some ourselves. So that was a really great year for us in terms of saving some money. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And we don't have to share. Like I've been reading all e versions of the books and uh, you've been able to get all the print versions. So it's, it's great. Yeah. So what do you think about the overall competition for this year? Just like off the top? Well, I am really excited because I was really happy about the type of books that were being put into the competition this year. And then All of the hardcore Canada Reads people. Granted, I've only been following along for like three years. This will be my third year. The hardcore Canada Read followers are kind of upset about the selection. And so I I feel bad about having my my positive opinion of it, you know? No, it's it's good. I, I, I mean, I kind of agree. I think overall people don't seem to be happy with the selections. And the theme, of course, this year is one book to transport us, which I think is a great theme considering we're all, well, sort of coming out of the pandemic. So I think we needed something that could really transport us. But 
as much as you are happy about the titles, I'm really not. And I was sad. This is my fifth year. And I was really sad because I read the little synopsis of all of them. And I was sort of like, eh, on all of them. And, and then I said to myself, well, maybe I'm just a little burned out from reading or maybe I'm just not giving them a chance. And I went back and reread the descriptions of all of them again. And I still wasn't that crazy about the selection. And I don't know why. I'm not sure what it is that's holding me back a little bit. I'm not sure. You know, at one point you were telling me something about, uh, I don't have time to not like try and read something that I am not interested in. Do you think that has anything to do with how old someone is? Are you freaking kidding me? Are you are you trying to call me out for being old? That is no, bullshit. No, I only say that, you know, <laughs> I, I guess I enjoy the challenge of reading something that I don't necessarily like, which is why I made it through the first two years of Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's true too, yeah. No, I mean, I just feel... There, I have so many books on my to-be-read list that I'm so excited to read. I have a, a reading challenge with a, uh, our friend Tara I'm really excited about. And I have a book, oh gosh, I can't think of the title of it, full title of it, 10 Maps, 10 Maps That Change Canada or something like that. Oh my God, that's terrible. I can't remember. But I'm really excited to read some of these and I'm anxious to get to those. And so I sort of feel like, oh great, I, I've got five books in front of me that I'm not that keen on. And I just kind of don't, I, I just sort of go, uh, I just don't want to waste my time. I want to get to the things I really, really want to read. But that is not the spirit of the competition. The spirit of the competition is they give us the five books. We read them. We review them. We chat about them. We discuss them, you know, and, and all of that's really great. So I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to play nice and we'll, we'll move forward. But I don't think it has anything to freaking do with my age. <laughs> Just like I, I wonder if it's the mindset of as you as you because there are some things that I have completely been like I think I started the girl with the dragon tattoo I started that book the first fifty pages were about some bug collection and I said I don't have time for this if this going to continue with this bug collection I I don't want to keep reading it so I think that's definitely one of the books that I have it's on my have not finished list or. There's some acronym for that people use. No, but I will say when I was young, young, I, mean, I would say, well, I don't even want, I don't even know at what point, what age I was when I changed my attitude. But in, when I was younger, I would always read it. If I started a book, I would finish it. And then finally, I just said to myself, you know, there are so many great books in the world. And why am I making myself read something that isn't grabbing me? So at a certain point in my life, I, and I wasn't that old, but I just said, I'm not wasting time. It's, it's, it's like, somebody puts a meal in front of you that you just kind of go, Ugh, it's okay, but I don't really want to finish it. Why would you finish it unless you're starving? So uh, I just, I just don't waste my time that way anymore, but I do feel a little bit like I, God, I don't want to say that, but I do feel I, I will be pressed to read all five and get through all five. And I am trying to remind myself too, that, you know, a couple of years ago, I really did not want to read Suzanne, as everybody knows, because it was third person and I don't like third person books usually. And Suzanne turned out to be my favorite book of the year and I loved it and will never, ever forget it. So I'm trying to suck it up and be and play nice and get rid of my nasty ass attitude and just read the five and find the one 
or more that I just love. And I'm sure that will happen. So should we jump right in and start talking about one of them? Yeah. So today we are going to be reviewing The Midnight Bargain by C.L. Polk. And I have to have a disclaimer here. A couple of years ago, as you may remember, Shauna opted not to read By Chance Alone by Max Eisen because she had, through through her school years, had just read so many things about the Holocaust. And she just really, and actually she was in college at the time still, so she didn't really have time. And she said she was going to take a pass on that one. And I said, that's fine. So then this year when I picked up, the first book I picked up was Midnight Bargain. <laughs> I, I, I opened it up and I, I read the first paragraph and I went, now I'm out, tapped out. So Shauna, please, can I have my pass? <laughs> you had a pass. Can I have a pass? And she said, yes. So I'm passing on Midnight Bargain because I really am not a fantasy reader and I'm not a romance fantasy reader. And I know that I've read different things about it. it's not really romance. It is. It's not whatever. I just tried twice to at least pick it up and start it. And I just could not make myself do it. So today's program will be Shauna telling us about her opinion about Midnight Bargain since she did read it. And so my question for you, Shauna, is, is Midnight Bargain a book to transport us? Well, I feel like I should have a little bit of a disclaimer here, too, because (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) Well, I have to say that this book takes place in my absolute favorite time period. Like if I was going to pick up any book that I just wanted to read for pleasure, it would be set in this time period. I don't know what I love about it, but well, I guess I do. I know what I love about it, but the concept of understanding society and the rules and the clothing options and how people treat one another Uh, how manipulative or vindictive people can be and how you have to go around in certain circles to get the things that you want or move up in station or move down in station, especially if you have money or not. And so the background of The Midnight Bargain takes place in several of the stories that I read on a a normal basis. So I loved that when you read this book, it is really, I can compare it to any of my other historical romances and be like, yes, this is exactly how uh, the mannerisms are. This is exactly how they talk and how charming and witty the conversation is between people. And the the pageantry of the language that Polk uses to describe the magical aspect of putting the bargaining season uh, into effect for this book is just beautiful in my eyes because it's kind of like you have these glittering sparkly ball gowns but then all of a sudden you have this this rush of intellectual magic that allows you to you have to give up something of yourself in order to go through a bargain and so let me back up a little bit and kind of tell what the midnight bargain is about 
So this book is being championed by Rosie Ida. And the story is about Beatrice, who's a sorceress that practices magic in secret. She's terrified of the day that she's going to get married and locked into a collar that cuts off her magic, which um, protects them, protects the children that she has from becoming spirits. So she dreams of becoming a full-fledged mage and is permitted to pursue pursue magic as her calling, just as men do. But her family traveled to the city for the bargaining season that the bargaining season is all about young men and women who they socialize and negotiate getting, it's basically the marriage market. So Beatrice's family is in severe debt and she's expected to make a uh, match that's going to give her a lot, like give their family a lot of money. And you'll hear about a lot of the young men who they, they're all rich. Some of them are famous and rich, or some of them are into rubber, like uh, rubber is one of the trades that they own uh, in a shipping. There's one who does a shipping, but basically they, all of these young men have wealth and Beatrice has nothing. So she really needs to find a good husband in order to help her family survive. So what happens is Beatrice finds, she finds this book that has the key to, to becoming a, a mage that she wants. And before she can purchase it, another sorceress swindles the book out of her hands. And so Beatrice has to summon a minor spirit to help her get it back. The spirit does take a price like Beatrice has to give away her first kiss in order to to get the spirit to get the book back so anyway Beatrice gets more involved with the siblings and the the choices that she makes become harder because she starts to fall in love with the brother of the the person who took the book away from her And then she becomes best friends with the person who took the book away from her. So she gets into this turmoil of, does she want to marry? And will she marry for love? Or is she going to continue to try and become a mage or not? Well, I will, I won't spoil the ending for you guys, (laughs) but uh, there there are obviously classism issues that are being brought out. There are gender issues that are being brought out. There's also the idea of a quote unquote, like coming of age story where I feel Beatrice is starting. She, at the beginning, she's starting to become her own person, but throughout the rest of the story, she really takes it and uh, takes charge of her life and is able to choose it get what she needs and what she wants out of her life. I really think that in modern times, it's about a woman being able to get, gain her independence. And in these times, it's a woman trying to survive the best scenario that she can sometimes be put in. I have a couple of questions. One with 
the bargain thing, is this kind of like a, like a hunger games kind of thing where the women, you know, like there's, they don't have a choice. They, they sort of have to go through this process. So the, the bargain uh, idea, there's two concepts. So one is the bargain that you make with a spirit and when you make a bargain with a spirit, you have to sacrifice, like you give them food or uh, the spirit will enter the person's body for a time, a negotiated amount of time. And they go through a bargain to get whatever it is that they want. The second bargain, the marriage bargain, is the idea that I, I really want to... I really want to liken it to like a regular Victorian romance where everybody goes to a season in London and it's always the mother of the young girl trying to make advantageous marriages with the men. Well, this is all about money and the gentlemen are are seeking women to have their children. So this type, this bargaining marriage mart is really about men who are ready to start their line and move forward with having children and, and moving up in their uh, mage status and so on and so forth. So it's the bargain is about arranging marriage. Okay. And then the other question I have was what I've read about other people talking about this online is they say that the book starts out slow but it's worth it because they like the ending. So would you agree that it's a slow, slow starting kind of a story and that it picks up at the end and you enjoy it by the end? Or did you like it from beginning to end? Oh, you know, I would have to say like the middle part was a little slower for me rather than the beginning. But at the beginning, she is, she's looking for the book and the book is in a bookshop and the detail of what's being described for this bookshop because like her her new best friend and her new lover like who those people end up being they are from another country and so when they enter the bookshop and they talk about the different style of clothing that these two are wearing but the other thing is like I'm a librarian and and the fact that she was looking for a book at the beginning of the story, it, it hooked me because I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, really? We're in a bookstore? Come on, get the book. And I was so upset that she got swindled out of the book because she was working so hard to keep it, but still keep her social, because she knew that she she couldn't, she couldn't upset this family because they are definitely like top of the chain. And if she didn't let them have that book, she could have been ruined and never even made it to the bargaining. So, and she, her family, she knew that she had to do the bargain in order to save her family. So she's really conflicted throughout most of the story about, does she save her family? Does she save herself? Or does she, what does she do? So are we to the point where you want to give it a, how many maple leaves? Have you decided yet how many maple leaves you would give it? <laughs> so I think I read, I've, I'm starting on like third, the four, fifth, third or fourth book on the whole, all of the Canada Reads books. And so far, this is still my absolute favorite. I, and uh, if you follow us on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style, you'll see 
that I actually put my ratings up on our Instagram and I gave this one five maple leaves. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I was not disappointed with this book. I enjoyed every minute of reading it. I was reading it at every moment of the day uh, to try and be like, what's going to happen next? Or are they going to like, how are they going to get out of this situation? So on and so forth. So you think it's going to win? I think that there's a lot of negativity towards romance, let alone fantasy. So I really, really hope that uh, Rosie, you know, brings her A game. And if we were to, if we were going to choose what book to champion, but since we're not doing that this year, uh, I would choose this book. Yeah, and we are going to have our discussion. We will do our our live uh, YouTube uh, program with our other friends, but we aren't specifically championing a book each. So anyway, so that I, but there's no question. I knew you you would pick this one. There's no question. <laughs> this would be your book. <laughs> All right. So thanks so much for listening to uh, just me today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was a break for everybody. <laughs> not having to hear from me. <laughs> uh, don't forget to subscribe and uh, contact us if you would like to chat. We always love talking about books and Rebecca's always on our Instagram chatting up with everybody. So have a great day. Bye.